TCT family, good morning. You know, it's your boy, Michael. First time touching on any TCT. So inside today, we have another one of the Behind the Artist series. And we inside with Miss Noah Light, a.k.a. Miss Light, how I'm going to be addressing her today. So Noah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we're going to get straight into it. And I just want to ask you, where you're from, where you grew up, where you're born. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, pretty much, I was born in the U.S. I came here at a really young age, about like six years old. And I lived from about six, lived in Trinidad from about six to 14, left, came back when I was 17, left again, and then came back when I was 19. And now I'm here. Okay, vibes. So be honest with us. Be, be honest with us. Mm-hmm. Where you like more? <laughs> it's a, I know a lot of people ask me that question, but that's like a hard question because it really depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about like, I like Trinidad because it feels a it feels like a place where you can kind of come and relax, you mm-hmm. know, and it's a place where you can kind of come and just, it's not too many like customs and stuff like that. When you're in the U.S., it's like there's so many rules and protocols and you have to do it this way and that way. And it's like, if you don't do it this way, then you can't do it at all. And it's like, it depends. It really depends. It really depends. Yeah. All right, cool. So you are an artist. Your main genre, what do you say, is rap, hip hop? Um... I would say that I really, hmm, I would really say that I don't have a main genre, if that's okay, because um, I like R&B, I like hip hop, I like reggae, I like so many different things, and I constantly go back and forth between so many different genres that I can't give one, like, a main one, but if I had to, I had to choose, um, I would choose, like, a... Like a hip hop, yeah. Okay. Not even R&B. Who is this you look up to in the music industry? So I was, I was scrolling to your Instas. Yeah, I do a little stalking. And um, I see you posting real bad gallery videos. Mm-hmm. What was that about? Um, I'm really... When it comes to fashion, it comes to um, confidence, I really look up to Rihanna. Because she is somebody that... She also came from the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And she came into an industry where... Um, there was already such a, um, they, how can I say it? Um, there was such a saturation of lighter skinned people and white people and stuff like that. And she definitely came into the industry and made herself the top person, you know, and I respect that. And she's just somebody who has a lot of confidence and she's just cool. Like, you know, she has that vibe to her. So that's why. Vibes. And we all know Nicki Minaj. She born, grew up in Trinidad, then went yeah. to the US, became a megastar. Yeah, still yeah. is. Do you feel any kind of connection? So because you all came from Trinidad, you all have, mm-hmm. you, all, you all lived in the US, you all work in the US at times, that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. I feel always feel a connection to her because she is somebody that just has really broken a mold. And especially when she came into female rap, she totally changed the game of just rap in general. She didn't just change female rap, but she changed rap in general. So 
with her coming from Trinidad and then coming into American industry and creating herself, she's just another, like, just like Rihanna, um, put herself on, like, a pedestal is really a game changer and is somebody that I look up to also. Vibes. Yeah. So one thing I want to know, we want to know more about you, Miss Light. What, what mm-hmm. is your typical day, typical day like? Like, where is the... Um, nothing. <laughs> I was going to say nothing, but I'm like, well, that's not true. But um, I am somebody who's really into my craft, who's really into music. Most of my time, if I could spend 24-7 just listening to beats, writing, doing something that has to do with my music, I would do it, you know? But obviously that I'm not at the place that in music where I can do that 24-7, you know? And hopefully it gets there someday, but right now it's like as much time as I can put into my music, I will. But outside of that, um, you know, I have, I do work, I do actually into real estate and stuff like that. Okay. So I do that on the side and try to use that to fund my music constantly, you know. I get that because a lot of these days, you know, a lot of people have passions and goals and dreams and yeah. it's always a, it's a nice backseat. They yeah. had to take something to just fund it because, so like of for course. me, for example, I'm into photography mm-hmm. and fish expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have to have something to support it to, whether it's to buy equipment, that kind of thing. Definitely. And where did your passion for music start? Did you grow up in a musical family? You just always been around music. You, you remember he was a child and you listened to the song. You was like, damn, that's me. Yeah, yeah. What was the story it was that? it was definitely I grew up in a musical family. My dad is actually still in a band in the US, in DC. And my mom, which is deceased now, she actually spent most of her life trying to become a singer. Okay. And um my brother was in another group. He um was in a group called um Diallo Brothers, yeah, yeah, Diallo Brothers. And they were like a African group. Mm-hmm. And he was the only like, um, he was a slash Trinidadian um, American kind of thing. So he brought that to the group and it's me. Okay. But most of my family, we do music. Okay, and do yeah. you play any instruments? Um, I really have tried, but <laughs> I realized that right now my voice is the only instrument that I will really like. Be good at right now. I feel that because mm-hmm. I tried steel part in primary school. Yeah. And one time near in Chapel 12, people mad man was like, you're playing. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. um, and my brother is a damn good partner, say, so man, mm-hmm. boss. I mm-hmm. just can't play. Right. I'll take my father, we'll get to I'll fix it up. Mm-hmm. I strum some two notes. Realize my fingers not long enough. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. but <laughs> we sound <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> so you see where having mine is all here. Yeah. But yeah, and I think everybody have the different passions and talents. And when it is you find what's yours, you really get the joy and thing. And right. What do you feel when it is you hop into the studio and you lay down on your track or you're just listening and you feel some fire? Like what does that feel like? It's to be honest, I've always thought about this. It's just a undescribable feeling. Like when I think about the most when it comes to the studio and me being in my room and writing alone, I would say that that feeling of being in your being in your room or being in your own space and like just vibing to a beat and just writing whatever comes out your mind and um just really feeling it is 
it's an undescribable feeling. I can't I can't even say because it's just like this rush that you get, especially when you hear a certain flow that you go with or a certain way that you say a word or a beat that just you just know and it clicks just like that and you get a song automatically. That's a like I wouldn't trade it for anything. Let and besides music, you have any other passions? Anything else you're into? Um I would say I'm really into dance, but only in my room by myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, the thing is, right, I've been telling myself that I want to really get out there and start coming out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the whole part of being an artist. You have to learn to come out of your comfort zone because as you grow and the higher you get, you're going to have to do certain things that you didn't do before. You're probably going to have to do a music video and you're probably going to have to dance in the music video or you're probably going to have to um, have a guide there and you're probably going to have to, like, you know, get comfortable and stuff like that. So having him as, like, a... um, Well, they call it video vixens or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know? And so get used to that and being around people, talking to people, because I wasn't always like this i was actually a really really shy kid and now with music it has really helped me come out my bubble and come and talk to people and really be like i want to network i want to meet people i want to collab i want to really see like different people who do the same thing as me but in their way you know you mentioned you would collab is there anybody on the local musical scene or even international that you would like to work with in the future so for example like marshall linked up with afro beats Mm -hmm. um most recently cast with jimmy october for magic and that to Mm -hmm. me when it is i first heard it i was like okay this is cool and then i listened to it again i was like this is is fire yeah yeah, yeah. i heard it too what what is what is music you're into who do you want to collaborate do you want to touch on on a suka rhythm and and do something like magic or you want to create something completely new for i definitely like the vibe of magic i've listened to it a few times and it has not only like a it's not like straight straight soca but it has like a type of I don't know if I'm right, but like a type of jazzy type mm-hmm. of a lot of incorporations into it. And for me, I've thought about a lot of people that I've pictured myself wanting to meet, wanting to work with. And right now, I see myself wanting to work with people who are doing the same thing as me, who are trying to come up. Sometimes it's hard to be in a position of coming up and then you want to work with like the most popular person, Drake, Nikki, Marshall, you know, stuff like that. But then we forget about the people who are on the same level as us trying to come up at the same time. And you never know what um, could come out of that, you know? So I think it's best not saying that you can't work with um, popular people. If the opportunity comes, take it, you know, but don't ever forget about the people who are trying to do the same thing as you, you know? Okay. Vibes. So like, one thing I want to find out more about you, you said you grew up shy. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't really understand that because I wasn't too shy. Yeah. I mean, I used to get nervous a lot, but I wasn't shy. Yeah, like, yeah. what was that like? What was what was growing up childhood like? It was... Being, being a, a musical person and being shy is really hard because 
people are always asking you to sing. People mm-hmm. are always asking you to perform. People are always asking to, you know, do this, do that. And it's like, no, I, I don't want to do it. I'm shy. I, I don't want to get out there. And I, um, as I was telling you earlier about the play, that was actually my first time really getting out there and mm-hmm. being in front of people. And I'm somebody who also, as shy as I may be, I kind of have this other side of myself that forces, like, that pushes myself out there to, to in certain opportunities that um, I may not usually want to be in, but it's like, okay, well, don't worry. Just go and we'll think about that after, you know? So, and then I'm also somebody who just believes in... um. If something happens and you mess up, well, you mess up. And at least you learned. And mm-hmm. you'll get over it, you know? So as shy as I may be, I'm somebody who still pushes myself into certain circles and certain spaces that I may feel shy in, but it's all right. Okay, vibes. Yeah. And so, like, I ran into cars. Mm-hmm. So my scariest experience was <laughs> probably, okay, I hope my father listened to this podcast so I could see it. Uh-huh. Going down the highway at like one foot. No, people is listening to this. <laughs> like going yes. down the highway really, really fast. Uh-huh. And then you feel the steering go. Oh, I was driving. I was wet. Huh? I was kind of vexed, but I was real feeling it because I ran into cars. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So I pelted down the highway really wet. Huh? So that's something. And then like I went through a puddle of water and you feel the car thing and it's like, yeah. ooh, this is fun, but this is not fun at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ooh. exactly what it is. What, what is your, what is, what has been your scariest experience in the industry and just in life in general? Um, The scariest thing is really this part that's happening right here, I think. Because it's, you're, I think a lot of artists deal with having huge amounts of talent and being scared to come out of their shell. Or even when they do come out of their shell, they don't feel like they're supported enough. Mm-hmm. I think a lot, a lot of artists, when they're now coming up, they feel as if they want support from certain people, but not everybody is really on that bandwagon. And I feel like this part of my life right now, that's really scary because it's pushing me because scary things do push you and they motivate you. But at the, t- at the end of the day, it doesn't change how scary it is. And that's right now is really scary for me. The fact that um, I kind of have to go through this, not entirely alone, but mainly alone, you know. So that's probably the scariest part. So you said you have your dad. He is still in our band. Mm-hmm. You have your brother who was in the Allo Brothers. Mm-hmm, the so you, you clearly have musical inspiration around you. Yeah. But where does your your own your own motivation and inspiration come from? Like, mm-hmm. is that when it is you go to write, you know, like so like with or or um Snoop Dogg, they have to smoke before they go. Yeah. <laughs> and write or what's the case maybe? What is your thing? What gets you in our zone? Is it life experiences? Because we'll get to that. Because eh? your music, I was listening to that's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> but like, what what is it puts you up to write and and just do your music? It all it all comes down to a vibe. It all comes down to my energy. And not saying that if I'm in a really good mood, if I'm in a really down mood, doesn't mean I don't write at all. It just means that I write more sad, slow songs. If I'm in a good mood, then I write more hype songs, you know? And it all comes down to just how I feel, but 
I have been such in a routine with writing late, lately, recently, that I kind of, there's days where I won't even write at all. I won't even sing. Mm-hmm. I would just kind of like sit down and just listen to beats all day. Or there'll be certain days where I won't write, but I'll listen to beats and I'll just like harmonize with the beats and do ad libs and just kind of practice my tones and all that stuff. So I um I just I think I just have that whole musical passion in me so much where it's it's now has become me. So if you turn on music, if you turn on a beat, it's like I'm already there, you know? So I feel like that's where it comes from. Okay, yeah. lit. So we want to get to know Miss Light. Yeah. You could cook? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What's your favorite <laughs> thing to cook? Um, To be honest, my favorite thing to eat, though, is curry chicken. So I had to learn I how to cook that. it. So um, everybody, apparently everybody loves my curry chicken. Really? Yeah, my sister too. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I love a good curry. Like, yeah. some point I was like... Is idea fine? A girl that could cook curry good? Uh-huh. Or you marry an Indian girl? <laughs> true, true, true. Is, is yeah. one of the two. Yeah, yeah, Definitely, I understand how you feel. I, um, but I cook a lot of different things. I'm, that was another passion for mine that I, when I was in the U.S., around like between 18 and 19, I stayed for about nine months. Um, I was trying to start up a catering business. This was before I got in back into my music too mm-hmm. hard. Um. I was trying to start up a catering business. I did like curry and stew and and even American type foods and stuff. And a lot of people was into it. But something was telling me like, even though you like this, this is not your passion. You know, this is something that could be a hobby. This is something that probably when you reach your passion and you make money from your passion, then this is a business that you can open on the side, you know. And that is something that I really had to tell that. That's the whole part of yourself. You have to know like when, what path to go down and how far to go down that path and stop and go down a different one. And I think that's what happened. Okay. Yeah. So like, so after you hit billboard number one, we could expect definitely. light restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If definitely. it is you using in my one credits, just saying. What did I name? I actually named it, Um, my catering business was called GT Hub. GT Hub. And it was for like Get True. Yeah. So what has been your su- most successful moment in music right now? And what's been Lewis Lawn? What does the comparison feel like? Um hmm. I would say my highest right now is probably me. Like I remember, wow. I was actually just thinking about this two days ago. Um, I started this whole music thing probably, like really putting on my music and trying to record, probably about six months ago or a little bit before. And I remember when I used to actually sit in my room and have like an iPad and half of the screen was cracked. And I used to use um, GarageBand and record through a headphone and try to put my music up and I was really trying to learn how to mix and master and do it and do it and do it and I didn't care how it came out because I was like at least I'm getting to do my music mm-hmm. and as time passed like I started to be able to go to the studio I started to be able to make enough money to not only go to the studio yeah so um, I was in my, as I was saying, I was in my um, 
room on a half cracks iPad screen trying to do GarageBand, looking up on YouTube videos how to mix, how to master on GarageBand. And it was so crazy. Like, it's sometimes when I think back about it, even though it was just like right there six months, mm-hmm. I finally got to the place where I was making enough money to record. Then finally when I record, people actually was like, was into my music, you know? And these were songs that I was holding on to for years, you know, trying to record. Um, finally, I get to the point where it's not even about, the highest moment for me is not even about um, how popular the song has got. The highest moment for me is really how far I've reached and what I'm able to do now with my music. You know, and how I'm able to con- kind of control that my career now, you know, and, and I'm not stuck in a bubble. But I would say that was the lowest point for me. But it was also a really teaching moment because it shows how I was able to push and push and push and be able to stick to something. Because for me, I'm somebody, if I really am into something and I like something, I stick to it. And no matter what the circumstances. I'm going to keep on trying to learn in any type of way. So, yeah, highest moment is probably now because I'm able to do what I want to do in the lowest moment was probably that cracked iPad. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all started off on our cracked uh, yeah. tablets or something like that. But Definitely. at the end of the day, that's where so many greatest stuff happened. Yeah. So, like, with my photography, I look back at my work and I was like, dog, you really thought that was good? <laughs> And like, so where do you see the growth in your music from your very first song to where you are now? How do you feel about your music? What is your favorite track that you have worked on? Like the process working through it, mm-hmm. your favorite song, whether it's the lyrics, what, and what is the, let, let's say we, we, it's the same question, but more mm-hmm. related to music. And like, mm-hmm. what is your favorite? What is your least, least favorite? favorite? But it's your music, so you're still going to love it. Yeah, yeah, know? definitely. Um, As you're saying, yeah, I love all my music. There's... days where every song I've ever recorded, even if it's in the studio, even if it was on my iPad, I listen to all day. And I I think to myself that even if somebody else doesn't like my music, I like it, you know? And And I do my music because it's for me, you know? But my most favorite song right now, it's hard to say. I think the song that I just put out, Blueprint, I think that's a really... I really, really like that song because my flow is starting to get better. Um, I'm somebody who really is into like tone and flow and how can you like ride on the beat, you know? And while other people are more into lyrics and stuff like that. But um, probably one of my, the least favorite songs is a song that I put out. um, I can't remember the name of it. Wow. Um... I did a cover mm-hmm. of Treat Me Like Somebody by Tink. And I recorded by my dad. And it was just so bad. So, so, so <laughs> bad. But I still listen to it to this day. And I still appreciate the the come up, you know. So that's that's pretty what pretty much it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling to hear like your crappy music from before and then hear the good music that you have now no, and yeah. to be able to compare it. It's really good feeling. So I listen to Blueprint, and I mean, when you think about a Blueprint, you think about a map, a kind of, this is how you do this. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to tell people when it is your road Blueprint. You're trying to tell men, because your words were, I'm giving you niggas a Blueprint. Yeah. You're trying to say we don't know what we're doing or something. 
Um, I don't know. To be honest, that just really popped in my head because I was like, man, I don't care what nobody say. I feel like I'm like a prodigy at this at this shit. If I could curse, that's cool. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm a prodigy at this shit. So I um even though I'm probably not like Jay-Z level or probably like Beyonce level, mm-hmm. I know I could reach it. You know what I'm saying? I know I have the potential and I know I have the determination. So for me, that song, hmm, if I could be honest, that song was really about like the fact that we kind of have to be honest about the times we live in. We live in a time where everybody gets a say-so about what other people get to do. Guys get a say-so about what women get to say. And I, um, especially with me coming up in the industry, a lot of artists, a lot of um, female artists talk about this. Nicki Minaj, when she was coming up, she talked about it, especially being a female rapper. And it was pretty much about, like, guys, like, come on. Like, relax. You know, I could, I'm giving you the blueprint. I'm good at what I do. And you can't tell me nothing about it at the end of the day because you're probably the same one bumping blueprint, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much what it's about. I like how you mentioned, like, female rappers and female artists in general. Yeah. And something I was thinking about, like, do you feel like women or female artists have to sexualize their music or sexualize themselves to get a reach? Mm-hmm. Or it's just how it flows with the music sometimes? Um, I think that it depends on the person that you're looking at. Um, for me, there's times where actually, most of the time when I freestyle, I sexualize my music a lot because that's just, you know, there's some people who are more okay with that side of their self because let's be honest, we're all sexual beings. We yeah. That's normal. So there's more people who are willing to live in that space and be more truthful with that space and there's others who are who want to not necessarily talk about it. So when it comes to female rappers, I think that guys have been doing it for so long and it's like, do you expect no woman to talk about it? Like, we do it. You know what I'm saying? So it's normal. So you can't really tell us like, well, you know, they're just doing it because they're trying to sexualize. No, it's my body. You know what I'm saying? When guys was like, st- guys still do it. When they have video fixings and they do all this and they um they uh what's the word that I'm looking for? They um put us in videos or or stuff like that and they make money off of those videos. You're yeah. technically using our body to make money. So why can't we use our own bodies to make money? Yeah. You know? And I don't ever see that as an issue. Whoever wants to talk about it and they're speaking their truth and they really buy it, like when you look at Artists like Rihanna, or you look at artists like Cardi B, or you look at artists who are really talk about sexual stuff, but that's who they are as a person, you could tell, mm-hmm. then yeah. But if you're somebody who's literally, you can, and you could tell from truth, real to fake, and you will be able to see when somebody's just doing it for clout or somebody's just doing it because that's what they want to talk about, you know? Yeah. So for me personally, I feel like. It just depends on the mood that you're in. Sometimes you'll be in a mood to talk about that stuff. Sometimes you'll be in a mood not to talk about it at all. You know, it just really depends. So I know you really like Rihanna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How to put it? What's your favorite <laughs> Rihanna song like? Old or new? What's, what's your favorite Rihanna? Um, if I could be really, really honest, we were just talking about sexual stuff, but I would say Rihanna's Sex With Me, that's a really like... 
I really like that song because it's it's so confident. It's so like, yeah, like I know what I bring to the table and don't try to deny it because there'll be some guys that we, especially with like young adults and young guys too, even though old guys probably do it too. There's some immature old guys, but, and even females do it also. We'll be so attached to something or somebody. And then when that person reject us, uh, rejects us or it doesn't go the way we want, we turn back and be like, oh, I never wanted it. So it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of what the song is about also. It's like, you know what I bring to the table. It's good. Like, you know what I'm saying? So don't try to deny it. So I'm going to make a song about it and you're going to listen to it every day. So, <laughs> yeah. So like, as we're talking sexual music, like mm-hmm. my probably my favorite is Dice Pineapples. Okay. Like that whole little intro monologue, I was like, yeah, yeah. dog, this is fire. And then mm-hmm. the time I was driving on a Sunday and on the radio stations, they play us as a slow something on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they played Maxwell this woman's week. Uh, yeah, And yeah. I am driving. I'm yeah. just like, dog, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> like, that song, yeah, I know, that, I know what you're talking about. I know the feeling that you get from this song. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. And I'm there and I'm just, I come out, he can't still... I just, I just, my yeah. body just rolling into it. <laughs> Especially that little falsetto that he hits in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'll exactly. try, but I'll just embarrass myself. Yeah. So I'm not going to try. <laughs> so as we're talking on that in your music, in your song, um, Smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, smoke for a minute. Smoke, smoke for a minute. Yeah. You were like, you got very provocative and you mm-hmm. were just real. Intense. You were raw and intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, was there inspiration? You just felt it. Um. And it was that you're, you're playing with the guy's head because mm-hmm. you were like, where you at, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So a lot of people who hear that song, they think it's about a guy. Mm-hmm. It's actually about a female. Right. And I um think in my head that like, it was just like, that was just supposed to be like a crazy song, just like an out there song. Yeah. And it wasn't something that, there's certain, you see... When it comes to music and stuff, a lot of people think that everything has to be deep and everything has to be like, yeah. And and sometimes songs could just be like, whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's songs that Baby Shark, but it's like (laughs) the most popular song everywhere. And it's like, because it gives somebody a feeling. So sometimes you want to give somebody a song to think deep, but then also you want to give somebody a song to... Just vibe and feel, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't think too much in that song. I was just saying how I felt. And it was, most of it is like a freestyle. So it was just me just saying whatever. So, and I wanted to be provocative on it. I wanted to be like, to really get out there and say like, because I like to hear girls and females talk about like, how they control it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of guys just hearing, well, he turns it over and he does this and he does that. And it's like, now I want to hear a girl say how she deals with it. So it's like, it's good to hear stuff like that. Okay. You yeah. want to you wanna get that that, mm-hmm. that raw. You want women to be more bold and more thing. Yeah. I think some women are afraid to do that because when it is they do, mm-hmm. somebody, and I'm not saying you in particular, but mm-hmm. sometimes people will be like, oh yeah, who? Mm-hmm. Or this, and I guess it's because of that negative stigma. Negative commentation, yeah. So like something I don't understand because I don't even support it, but mm-hmm. men will go on and they'll be like, dog, this small lead dread yeah. and thing. And they go on max their bredgens and they bragging yeah. and thing. Yeah. And then when it is, a woman does it, it's like, 
Oh, she have a star man. Yeah, and yeah. And I'm like, definitely. But Negro, you doing the exact same, same thing. thing. Exactly. I don't get that. Like, what is the difference? So, like, and what's your view on that? Like, do you think it's society, mm-hmm. it's the culture from your grandparents' time? Yeah. And I, I feel like the mold is breaking. Mm-hmm. And, like, people are just being more open and stuff with it. Definitely. But, like, what is your view? Do you think it's the old people that how we so or what? I, hmm. I feel like it's not only it's I feel like it really it does. It comes from our past. It comes from but it also comes from us because we allow it. Like this world that we live in, people get so confused about like what we're supposed to do here and what is our purpose. And I'm very sure our purpose is not to I'm very sure our purpose is not to try to control people and try to tell people what to do. Because yeah. if you think about it, I was just talking to a friend the other day and I was like, if you think about it, if you were somebody who, whatever religion you believe in, you believe in God, right? If God, right, was just like, all right, I'm going to give humans free will. Why are we down here as humans trying to tell people what to do if God's not even trying to do it? Yeah. It's just like, you know, and God's not even trying to control us. Like, why are we trying to control each other? And I feel like a lot of, People are trying to take things in their hands what they can't even control because you're trying to tell me what to do, but you don't have the say so where I go after I die. So why am I listening to you? Why not just listen to myself? And what? And then at least I know I can deal with the consequences after, yeah. you know, instead of following somebody and then living a life that I don't want to live. And then when it turns out how I don't want it to turn out, it's like, well, now I'm stuck, you know? So with this whole thing about um women and men it's just we live in this type of society where um <clears throat> men just try to act like they have too much power and they take it so far to actually trying to control people's lifestyles and they know that they can't physically control us so they try to control the narrative mm-hmm. you know so when they try to control the narrative they make this lifestyle seem this way and they try to put negative connotations on sin and words it's like the word bitch or it's like the word hoe or like the word nigga you know what i'm saying so they constantly when before when it was nigger you know what i'm saying it had a a negative connotation to it because that's what masters used to call slaves but now that we took the word back you know and decide to use it how we want to use it and we made it positive right now it's a it's not such a bad word it's like a greeting right and it's like when it comes to the word bitch or hoe, it's like, go ahead. You're not doing nothing to me because at the end of the day, it's like, how it's, it depends on how I see the word because I'll be with female friends and I'll be calling them bitch and we call each other bitch and it's like, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? And that's just how women talk to each other sometimes and it's normal. Yeah. So it just depends on how you choose to normalize stuff. So with the word hoe, it's like, if a guy calls me a hoe, I'll be like, thank you. I appreciate that. that. You're telling me that I'm living my own life how I want to, Yeah. you know? And I'm not being controlled. And were you always this free spirit? And, you know, I will do what it is I feel like, what I'm comfortable with. Or was there a certain point in life whereby it was like, you know, I'm fed up. Mm-hmm. Let me just do me. I think that I have always had a free spirit in me. It just took time to come out. And mm-hmm. at first, at first, when I was younger and I was like 12, 13, 14, I was horrible, man. Like... I went to Brazil Secondary, and 
there was a time I brought like alcohol to school and like we got drunk, we poured it around the class and I got suspended for like a week. Bruh. And and then like after that, like you remember when um Kamla like gave us laptops and yeah, stuff like yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. So I um got reckless and I just threw my laptop in the um in the trash can. I was drunk. So Threw my trash, um, threw my laptop in the trash can and was just like wiling all over school. And I've always been that way. And now that I'm starting to grow up, I'm trying to learn how to control it because sometimes you have to be able to grow up and know when certain decisions as you can be free, but don't be out of control and don't be like crazy. So me growing up, I'm now trying to learn how to be more in control, but still be free, you know? And that just is something that's really important because it can lead you to making wrong decisions, put you in wrong situations and things that you don't want to be in. So yeah, I've kind of always been this free, free, free spirited person. Yeah. Two things I want to ask coming off from that. Like, so like for me, like I totally reiterate said, you know, you need to grow up at some point to learn when it says to do certain things. So like for me, I could Mm -hmm. pull from a recent situation, like, Mm-hmm. I went. I love soccer. Like carnival is yeah. me. The only reason I do play with tribal you miss because I don't have any money for it. Right, right. Low all their prices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh-huh. I will go on the like I went on the afternoon carnival Tuesday and when the soccer take you. Yeah. And I so understand because I used to play kiddies carnival. Yeah. And I remember Faye and had a song. Um, drop on the ground and roll. Uh-huh. I literally dropped on the ground uh-huh. and rolled down the road. <laughs> and when it is when it and and. As this this I think is Kwame weeks on Instagram and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, Charlie's joke, you know. You can't tell a training to do, but I saw cat he's jumping on and say, um, mm-hmm. sway and everybody sway, you know, plants mm-hmm. and everybody plants. Mm-hmm. And it's just a real kicks vibes. And where is it? And I find I think sometimes those moments mm-hmm. are important. When it yeah, says definitely. you just catch a vibe when you just do you go with it. You forget what people think, you forget what they saying. Yeah. And anything like that. Because I overthink, eh, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be in a room and I'll be like, okay, am I talking to... No, actually, I'd like, I just just talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't talk I, don't, I don't think if people think I'm talking too long, but I think about what people think. So if I, if I go anymore by myself or if I don't have the buff or the comfort of friends around to mm-hmm. know that, okay, they understand me and they will protect me or they get me. Yeah. Like, I always think, okay, is my pants too low? Do I look ghetto? Right, right, right. Am right. I looking good enough? Right. This girl passed, man. She twitchy eye. Right. Is it I looking good? I looking bad? Mm-hmm. And I overthink like that. But I think in those moments, and you just release. Release, yeah. And you just forget. And Marshall is on it. Release it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh-huh. that's, that's, that's the in-house Marshall there. Mm-hmm. And... um. Some and I think those moments are important because you just forget mm-hmm. and you're just able to flow and just get in a vibe and enjoy you. That's exactly, I definitely, definitely agree that that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Sometimes we get so caught up in like society that we forget about life. And I think that life and society is two completely different things. I think that the world tries to grow us up to live in society, but it does not teach us how to live life, yeah. you know? And life itself is, in my opinion at least, is just things that come natural, things that are free, things that are, you know, don't cause harm, don't cause hurt. And I think that, yeah, so I believe that 
life comes natural and that's just how it's supposed to be. And I think that when it comes to like, even on my arm, I have tattooed acceptance because no, it's not going to accept it. Yeah. Because the thing about life is that sometimes once you, when you meet somebody and they live a certain life that you don't necessarily agree with, I think that once it's not hurting, harming somebody emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually in any type of way, and let them do what they want to do. You know, if it's, if it's causing, if it's, hurting themselves, then at least let them have the choice to do that, you know, instead of trying to control somebody because that's like us trying to now, as I was saying before, trying to give ourselves a control that we're not ready for as humans. Mm -hmm. Humans are faulty. Let's be honest. Humans make mistakes almost every day, you know, but that's the beauty of us also because sometimes the best things come out of our mistakes, you know. The person that I am today came out of a lot, a lot, a lot of mistakes, you know, and I would not be able to speak the way that I do if I did not go through the things that I went through. So um, this whole release thing, yeah, it's a definite thing that we have to learn how to do more often. Like we're so uptight. Sometimes we don't even realize like how tight we are sometimes where we'll have our shoulders up and we're just like. Just let go, like release, breathe, take a few deep breaths every day, you know, drink water and just be free. I don't know how else to say <laughs> it, you know? So, yeah. So, like, you, you touched on secondary school in Brazil, secondary, yeah. a little while. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What What is your highlight? Because all of us have a secondary school story. So, like, mm-hmm. I remember in Form 1, mm-hmm. everybody, you're excited. You don't come from primary school and secondary school. Mm-hmm. And this guy, he joined the, the, the cricket team. And he got his cup. Yeah. And so he was passing around class, sure enough. And everybody's like, why are you touching this and thing? And then our form teacher walks in and she's like, who owns that? And he popped his hand and it's like, mine's miss. Uh-huh. And she's like, you sure that's yours? And he's like, yeah, but how you mean it looking a little too big. And we <laughs> went off just laughing for uh-huh. like five minutes straight. <laughs> so like, what, what is some was was one of your enjoyable moments from secondary school? Wow. I would say there's so many because... I was kind of a loose cannon, but I, the thing is I only, Brazil secondary, I only went to school, form one and form two, I left and went back to the US. Right. And um, I, I'm trying to think which one was more crazy, form one or form two. Um, I would say form two was kind of crazy because I, Brazil has a dress code, right? You can only wear black shoes, I think, I mm-hmm. remember. So there was times where there was a whole like month, two months that I just was not wearing black shoes and I constantly had to give me slippers every day, like um, <clears throat> like the slippers so you don't walk around the school with the shoes, which makes absolutely no sense because I think that a shoe with a little bit of gray on it is kind of more professional than wearing slippers with yeah. socks. So every day they just used to have to do that. And there were times where class would be going on like mass class would be going on and I would literally just walk past the class look inside and just walk out like you know and that was the kind of things I was doing I was really really disobedient just a a rebel so I think that I can't really point it there was just so many but those are the main those are the main things never Mm -hmm. used to go to class outside doing whatever I want so yeah cool 
and I from from speaking to you, I could pick up that you have some level of understanding of God and the afterlife and things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have a set religion? You just it is it is comes from your parents and your bringing. Mm-hmm. What's that? Um, in the beginning, I used to really be into. There's most of my life I've constantly changed religions, and it's because I've always been somebody who never felt set on just like one thing. You know, and first it was, I met, I met, at first it was Christianity. Cause I think everybody, most people kind of grow up in Christianity cause that's kind of like the largest mm-hmm. religion out here. And then it went on to Hinduism. I really got into, not Hinduism, sorry, Buddhism, really got into Buddhism. And after that was kind of like, just, you know what? I don't believe in God at all. And then I was like, moved on. I was like, nah, I believe in God, but for some reason I'm not believing these books. And then moving on from there, I just was like, I'm just going to be spiritual. I'm just going to believe that there is somebody who created this world and created me and is looking out for me, but I just can't trust the books that they're putting out, you know? So right now, it's definitely just a love and light kind of thing. I'm really getting more into like African spirituality and like what did our ancestors really learn before slavery and what is like trying to figure out what the purpose of life is and realizing that the purpose of life, to me at least, in my opinion, is unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, and stop trying to control people. And I think that that's main people's issue out here. We constantly have to give an opinion. We constantly have to give judgment. We constantly have to say something. And it's hard because we grew up that way. We grew up with constantly having somebody asking us, what do we think about this? Or what's our opinion on this? And it's like, that's cool, but you can give your opinion on something, but that's completely different than trying to give your opinion on something. And then when the person doesn't want to do it how you want them to do it, you get angry. It's like, okay, well, you know, but I think that acceptance really is. And people, I think that the reason that people have this whole thing on opinions and trying to control people is because they're scared of what might happen. A lot of us, a lot of humans, I think are scared of the afterlife. I think we're scared of death. I think we're scared of a lot of things like that. So we try to control things so that we don't ever have to reach there, but it's inevitable, you know? So spirituality is definitely right now. Okay. Yeah. And what's your story behind your ink? Does you have a good book? Um, it's a lot. This was actually my first tattoo. I got this when I was like 15. Okay. Um, just says Trini on it. Um, this one right here is acceptance. And this is actually the international sign for acceptance. Um, mm-hmm. this says Africa. And on my back, I have an actual Africa, the country, okay. the continent. And then here is African symbols. They mean different things. Like this means energy. This means power of love. This means the supremacy of God. This means um, this means um, spirituality. Um, shoot. Um, this means intelligence. What did I mean, intelligence? I got kind of mixed up. Right. But it's something that I'm really studying, and I think that the same way you can be studying something and write it down in a book, I think that something that you're really into, something that you know you're gonna stick with. I see my my skin as something, as if it's a book, and I think that. It's easier for me, once I know that I'm serious with something, I'm going to ink it because you can't get away from it then. 
And that's why I like to do. I like to trap myself because I like to, instead of, because it's easy to say you're about something and then a few weeks, a few months after it's like, okay, well, I'm not really into it. Mm-hmm. But with me tattooing myself something I'm serious about, I'm trapping myself to know you're sticking with this, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So just getting back into the music, um, in your song Floating, mm-hmm. okay, so, I mean, you corrected me earlier. Mm-hmm. So you will correct me again if it's about a boy or a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were like, um, mm-hmm. That sings right. So like, and it's, so like the words in the song, it it, it really inspirational. Not inspirational, it's more so, but it's like a real big up. Yeah. So like, if it is you, like if I go sang that to me, I feel real special. I feel like yeah, yeah. he's the boss. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> was the story behind <laughs> floating? You write it for somebody. It's just another vibe that you felt. Or um, definitely wrote about somebody. Most of my songs are about my experiences and about people. I'm somebody who tries to be transparent and very truthful with myself. So even if I feel hurt or I go through something, I'm not going to let my pride take over because my pride can sometimes interfere with my creativity. And I have to be truthful about the things that I feel. So with that song, that song is actually... um, It's pretty much about like a person that you meet and they so good like they're good you see they're they're looking out for you and all that stuff but they still like leaving you like a balloon like they're they have you on a string but they're still like having you float around you know yeah and people would think like floating is like well you have me floating you have me high but it's actually no you have me floating you have just have me all over the place so that's how i see it it's yeah, I see this that. I get that. Yeah. So like in your song Not Worried, um mm-hmm. it had yeah. a reggae vibe set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a real nice chill kind of. What was the inspiration? Because I know you said earlier that you're not set to any one genre, it's whatever you feel. Yeah. So you touched on your reggae, you do hip hop, a little bit of R and B and stuff. Mm-hmm. What was the story behind that inspiration? was the inspiration for that reggae vibe? And then what are some genres that you have on touch yet that you might maybe want to touch down on um i would say the inspiration between i'm not worried is actually another song that i was holding for like years mm-hmm. um it was a past relationship that i was in and it was just like i know exactly what i bring to the table i know who i am you know so i'm not worried you could go ahead and walk away i'll accept it but there's a high possibility you're going to come back. You're going to call me, you know? Yeah. And in real life, it happened. So I was like, okay, I really need to put out this song. So I um, I had a lot of songs that I was holding in, in the vault, I guess you could say, and knew that these songs had a certain potential to it. And even if it didn't have a certain potential to it, it was something that I liked. And... A lot you were saying, asking about the genres. Um, there's a few genres that I actually want to work with. Um, I want to start getting more into like a jazzy, mm-hmm. few songs that are jazzy, few songs that are like more, if you listen to like Sade and stuff like that, more soft, like R&B, really, really slow, soft R&Bs. Um, 
trying to get into baby making songs. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> baby making songs. Um and trying to really put more transparency transparency about who I am and how I feel like deep and the pain and all that stuff because everybody deals with pain. So yeah. there's always somebody who's out there who is going to listen to your song and relate, you know, because that's why if you look, everybody has like a certain fan base. If you look at people like, um, obviously Nicki Minaj has a certain fan base, but if you look at slow, slower artists like Jacquees and you look at slower artists like Chris Brown, even though he does high tempo music, but he also has those soft songs. Or there's a lot of artists who um who are not really big, but people like on the on the like um underground kind of know them. There's like this um guy named um well Bryson Tiller. I think everybody kind of knows Bryson yeah. Tiller. So music like that um is some something I want to start getting into. Slow, really deep kind of music. Okay. Yeah. And you said something earlier. And it really made me think like sometimes people have so many regrets in life, but it's all mistakes that really shape us. So who I am today is yeah. because of those decisions that I made. Maybe, maybe I'm not proud or I'm happy with those decisions that I made then. Yeah. But once it is you love and you appreciate who you are now, yeah. you have to appreciate those moments because at the end of the day, they shaped you in some way. They, they gave you some insight. So maybe somebody might tell you, don't do this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. But mm-hmm. until you do that, you understand why they say, don't do this. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I think it's, it's just part of the name and game of life. And I, I try to, so like I work with a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. And as much as I try to teach them from my experiences, I've learned that some people just have to learn in their own way. Yeah. You know, and to truly understand the lesson and the message. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, so the song Fun- Forever Interlude. It was another deep kind of... Yeah, yeah, Was that like smoke for a minute whereby it was just a kind of wild vibes or was that about somebody and it was just that a was, cool mood? That was definitely about somebody also. Um, I am somebody who... Let, how can I say it? I really like love. Yeah. I really like the feeling that love brings. Even if it brings heartache, it brings heartache. But sometimes we have to appreciate the type of love... The type of feeling that love brings, because even heartache has its own lessons in it, you know. And I am somebody who, once I'm like, I guess you could say, in love with somebody, I tend to kind of make songs about that. Mm-hmm. So I, that song was just like a short song, but I wanted to make it catching and just like, Grab somebody in. So it had to be something that was just like, yeah, I feel it. You know? So it was like, uh, if you ever listen to like Jacquees and stuff like that, how he makes his baby making songs. It's like that kind of grab, like, yeah, I know how you feel. So there's times where you'll just be in that mood. And that's a really, really, it's like a smoke for a minute, but it has a little bit more intent. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So one of my final questions is, what is the dream? Where do you want to end up? What's the goal? Is it that you want to be as big as Nicki Minaj? You will be content just Mm -hmm. doing music because you love it or you want to be the next big thing or you want to be the biggest thing in the world. What is the dream for Miss Light? Um, It's hard to say because a part of me 
I want my career to go far because this is something that I actually want to just do for the rest of my life. Um, this is my passion. This is a craft. This is my craft. This is like my baby, you know? And you want, you want, if when, probably when parents have kids, you want that baby to stay a baby all the time. You want that to be a baby all the time, but you realize that it's going to grow up. So I, when it comes to my music, right now it is my baby, but mm-hmm. I know that it's going to go to a certain point where it's going to grow up. I'm going to get bigger and I'm going to have to deal with it differently than I'm dealing with it now because right now it's easy because when we think about, when we just see artists living and we see them traveling and doing what they want and spending, buying cars, when it, sometimes we don't see what artists really go through. It's a lot because being under a microscope all the time is hard, especially when you're going through stuff. You have to go through it in the public yeah. and you everybody has an opinion again. And everybody has their judgment again. So you kind of have to deal with it. And for me, I want to be big, but at the same time, I'm scared. But wherever it takes me, it takes me. I'll just go. I feel that. So TCT family, you all heard it live with Miss Noah Light. She <laughs> is hotting up the scene. Check out on YouTube, SoundCloud. Yep. And all her socials get up familiar with her music because at the end of the day, you just heard it from her. She's mm-hmm. not going to stop anytime soon. Nope. So TCT family, it's your boy Michael Joseph. We're inside with Miss Lights. Thank you very much for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, we are the tribe. Come vibe with the tribe. Thank you. Mm-hmm.